Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. It is good to be with you on this wonderful Wednesday. You know, if you want to get a picture of where many Americans are and what their perspectives are and things... Go into their homes at about news time. I guess news time is any time now. It used to be it was 6.30 to watch ABC, CBS, or NBC. Those were thought to be the broadcasts of record as related to network news anyway. Now we've got 24-7 news, for better or for worse. <laughs> But if you were to go in the homes of most Americans, there's a good chance you're going to get a sense of where those folks are politically based on what they are watching. If you go into a liberal home, you're likely to see MSNBC, CNN. If you go into more of a home where it's the right of center, you're likely to see Fox News Channel, maybe Newsmax, or a couple of other different news services that are lesser known. And it's really interesting to watch how ultimately we've seen a decline, and largely because conservatives have decided this is a waste of time that there's no reason to have any confidence in the mainstream news media and yet at the same time the erosion has really taken place across the board there's a lot of erosion very interesting new poll that's out Gallup poll on the media And I think it's a good thing because I don't like to see people with trust that's put in the wrong places, confidence in the wrong sources. Would you believe only 34% of Americans have a great deal or fair amount of confidence in media? 34%. 38% no trust at all. No trust at all. It outpaces great deal or fair amount for the first time. And this is very telling. In terms of the people who actually do trust the media, 70% of Democrats trust the media. 70%. Now, that figure, as high as it is, it's still interesting that 30% don't. 14% of Republicans, 27% of independents.
trust media. Now, this figure, according to Gallup, is essentially unchanged from last year. Only 7% of Americans have a great deal of trust and confidence in the media. 27% of Fairmount. 28% of adults do not have very much confidence. 38% have none at all in newspapers, TV, and radio. This is the first time that percentage of Americans with no trust at all in the media is higher than the percentage with a great deal or a fair amount combined. This poll, conducted September 1st through 16th, very low numbers here, weak confidence ratings as well for the three branches of government. Boy, is that shocking. The percentage of Americans with a great deal or fair amount of trust in the media has not been at the majority level since 2003. Although before that, in three readings in the 70s and seven readings between 97 and 2003, it was the norm. The public's confidence rating for the media has averaged around 42% since 2004. As I mentioned, polarized among partisan lines. A consistent double-digit gap in trust between Democrats and Republicans since 2001. That gap has ranged from 54 to 63 percentage points since 2017. What else did we learn in this particular poll? For the third straight year, the majority of Republicans indicate they have no trust at all in the media. That figure jumped 10 percentage points in 2020 has been at or near 60% since then. 57% say they have no confidence. 29% not very much. At 27%, independence confidence at the lowest point in the trend. Also the first time it's fallen below 30. Meanwhile, 41% of independents say they have no trust at all. 32% not very much. And while the great deal, fair amount of confidence reading among Democrats has never fallen below the majority level, the proportion with a great deal of trust has not topped 26%. It's well below that, down at 18%. What else can we glean from these numbers? Well, there's a clear pattern by age. Older Democrats and independents are more trusting in the media than their younger counterparts. While liberal and moderate Democrats register roughly equal levels of trust in the media, independents' trust differs markedly based on their political ideology. Those who describe themselves as liberal are the most confident. Conservatives, the least confident. The pattern similar among moderate and conservative Republicans. Less stark of a difference. Independents with a college degree are more likely than those without a degree to express trust in the media. But there are no differences among Democrats or Republicans based on college education. For what it's worth. Thought you would find this intriguing, basically showing the political divide. But overall, the continuing erosion that has taken place 
in trust of the media. One other piece of information I want to hit you with before the break. It seems like the Republican Party has learned something. They've got to hustle. And they are. The RNC has passed a record milestone. A couple of them. Before the midterm elections that are coming up. Touching 78 million voters. And bringing together 1 million volunteers. 1 million engaged volunteers. These folks, it sounds like, are ready for war. You think? (laughs) We will talk more about this and touch on issues of race, of races across the country, and some surprising contests taking place around the country that are not supposed to be competitive, but they are. (laughs) That much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Over on the text line, this texter says, I don't even watch the news. Don't even have cable. Haven't for years. I watch a select few YouTubers to keep up on the stock market. That's all. We also have this. The customers I look at sideways are the ones who have the view on. And the news source is also telling the view. Oh, my goodness. Help. (laughs) We also have this. Vince, I kind of feel like America screwed. Almost feels like destiny. If the Bible's right, the whole world will explode. Well, eventually. The timetable, that is the question mark. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line. 71307 if you'd like to text instead of talk for the break I told you how the RNC is pulling out all the stops some pretty impressive records they have set two important milestones they reached over the weekend and we're still three weeks away from the election midterms over the past weekend the RNC reached 78 million voters. That's the point where they reach 78 million. And there's still time left. One million engaged volunteers. We're told during the 2018 midterm election cycle, the committee can only make make 78 million voter contacts throughout the entire cycle. However, since then, the RNC has successfully made multi-million dollar investments into its data-driven ground game. It helped them surpass the 2018 mark with three weeks left before the election. The RNC leadership, very proud of what's been accomplished thus far. Some big investments 
in equipment and personnel with the goal of firing on all cylinders. 1,000 staffers out in the field, 1 million grassroots volunteers, 38 brick-and-mortar community centers in 17 battleground states across the country to promote the party's election integrity program. So, what will this do? Time will tell. We will watch and see how things pan out just a few weeks from now. It's also entertaining to already see, for some, the handwriting seems to be on the wall as there is growing concern about how the Democrat Party will do. And a lot of this is driven by the presence, there's really no way around it, of the president, as in Joe Biden. It's not a pretty picture, because he's basically an anchor. And I do mean an anchor on the party, pulling them down. They're already bracing themselves for the possibility of defeat and starting to point fingers of blame. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Shocking. Looking at the possibility of running in 2024. Says the party spending too much time talking about abortion rights. Not enough talking about economic inequality. And not going far enough with legislation to help Americans struggling to afford health care, prescription drugs, and other basic needs. So he's not just doubling down. He's tripling down on socialist policies. He believes that if the party fails on election day, it's because they haven't been progressive enough. That's his concern. Younger House Democrats scrambling to keep their seats in Congress including Representative Elissa Slotkin of Michigan, argue the party leadership has fallen out of touch with many voters. They've called for a new generation and new blood in charge of the party. Many Democratic lawmakers, as I mentioned, pointing to Joe Biden's low approval rating as a drag on their own prospects. And we've already talked about the polling figures. All of the polls are showing a shift. It's a shift toward Republicans, and it looks like it may be happening at just the right time. A Republican resurgence in key Senate and House races. And the fear is Democrats peaked too soon. They get a little bit of a spike from back in the summer when they were really revving up the abortion push. Now, they're continuing that, but it doesn't seem to be working very well. Now, whether this gets people out to vote, that remains to be seen. I believe I saw that early voting started in Georgia. You know, despite all of the screaming and yelling and panicking about 
keeping black people from voting and other stupid nonsense. I understand it was another record-setting day for turnout. So much for voter suppression. (laughs) In any case, Democrats are bracing. They're bracing for the possibility of defeat. What are your thoughts? And what do you think their strategy will be, not only before Election Day, but after? What if they do lose? What sort of message do they possibly come up to explain what looks to be rejection? We've got some interesting surprises along the way, too. This one really shocked me. Nike's founder has donated millions of dollars to keep a Democrat from winning the Oregon governor's race. Yes, I did say Oregon. Phil Knight, co-founder of Nike, throwing his largesse behind the Republican candidate in the race for governor. He's fed up with his state's left-leaning policies. In a rare interview... The richest resident, the liberal Pacific Northwest bastion, panned Oregon's lenient drug laws, which decriminalized possession for personal use, small amounts of all drugs, including cocaine. I've heard about this conversation for marijuana. But this covers cocaine, heroin, LSD, and the really important issue, the 2019 ban on plastic straws. Boy, this is really important, consequential stuff. We'll talk more about this as we continue. Stay with us. Over on the text line, just to catch up with some of the items we've received thus far. Texture says, it's good parents are concerned about schools. It's almost pointless when TikTok and Twitter getting pumped into their kids' brains 24-7. Those sites are pedophile, satanic cesspools. Ooh, strong language there. Vince, what is the Democrat fascination with prescription drugs? There's a whole bunch of things like food that everyone uses. Everyone uses It would be telling if both candidates for the presidency in 2020 weren't even selected to be candidates in 2024. I think that happening could send a louder message to the country than anything else. I believe politicians would understand we the people are truly fed up with everyone on both sides of the aisle. Well, you can certainly send that message. Please explain the good news about the RNC reaching votes, reaching voters... I'm not hearing what the Republicans plan to do any differently on any topic other than just saying they're against anything a Democrat wants to do. Republicans been in control and spending has gone up. Crime was there. Abortion was still happening. So what are you and your team planning to do if elected? I know talk shows will be cheering on Republican spending in order to keep support going. (laughs) Some may. That will not be me. Chuck, 
writes in and says, everyone knows cocaine is better through a paper straw. So silly. <laughs> Another person saying here, the proposals in Oregon make no sense at all. If you ban plastic straws, how are you supposed to snort the newly legalized cocaine? Gotta love those wacky Democrats. <laughs> Some of you folks are really scary. Bernie Sanders for president 2024. <laughs> Isn't that old coot almost 90? Why don't we put Methuselah on the ballot? <laughs> also, can somebody please save Illinois, my home state? It's really a red state, but deep blue Chicago and Cook County are holding it back. Jeff, you're hysterical. Methuselah. That's pretty good. Also, I plan on waiting till the day of the election to vote unless something happens. I voted a few days early in 2020 because I thought the government was going to pull something funny because of COVID. The government said, boo, and I jumped. <laughs> Another person here saying 130,000 early ballots in Georgia. I guess that one's going blue. Don't be so sure. You just never know. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. So before the break, I started to tell you about Phil Knight, Nike founder, throwing his support behind a Republican. He does not want a Democrat to win the governor's race. He's very concerned about this particular election. Knight told the New York Times over the weekend, one of the political cartoons after a legislative session had a person snorting cocaine out of a mountain of white. It says, which of these is illegal in Oregon? The answer was the plastic straw. <laughs> it is pretty hysterical, isn't it, when you think about it? Talk about weird priorities, huh? With current Democratic Governor Kate Brown unable to run because of term limits, Knight has donated a million dollars to Republican candidate Christine Drazen this month. He's also given $3.75 million to independent candidate Betsy Johnson. Those donations, representing the single largest financial support for both Johnson and Drazen, attempt to make sure Democratic candidate Tina Kotick doesn't win the State House. It's been under Democrat control since 1987. Can you imagine that? That's a long time. He said, I'm an anti-Tina person. He switched his allegiance to Drassen because Johnson was lagging in recent polls. He wanted to support a winner, I guess. A person who may be a winner. And that infusion of cash has helped to even out the race. Kodak went from being the front runner to the number, November 6th contest now being declared a toss-up, with Drazen now pulling even or even ahead in some polls. But this could also present some problems for Nike. As you know, the Republican Party has a pro-life position, and right now, you know what the Democrat Party is putting an emphasis on, Roe versus Wade. It's overturning in the fact that now the states have to fight extra hard to preserve the right to kill babies.
Now, Nike, as you know, is one of those companies that's vowed to cover the abortion expenses of its employees who live in states with restrictive abortion laws. Drasnus said the state's initiative to support women who travel to Oregon for abortions is outside the mainstream. Knight is chairman emeritus of Nike's board. He attends its meetings as a non-voting observer. But he says he is more conservative than Nike. They've got good leadership. They make choices, whatever they want. But I'm more conservative than Nike. (laughs) That is very clear now, isn't it? Now, this is not the first time Knight is back to Republican in his state. He gave $2.5 million to the campaign of Newt Bueller in his bid to upset the current governor. Bueller lost 50 to 43. Also gave a million dollars to the Republican Governors Association. So he's got a history. But this money could make a huge difference right now. That is going to be very interesting to watch. I'll tell you what. I mean, think about it. If Republicans win in Oregon, it's going to be a very interesting night. We will have had an interesting night already. I'll tell you that much for sure. By that time, we will know if there's some sort of wave. Still to come on the broadcast, poor, poor Joe Biden. Another difficult time giving a speech. A restore row rally held by the DNC. And poor guy. Was not a very good night for him. You're going to hear what he had to say at the very end. And it's one of those things where after you screw up the best thing a lot of times it's just don't say anything else to draw attention to the screw-ups. Well, he did, which raised more questions. You'll hear it for yourself as we continue. And a refreshing comment from a man of color about the issue of color and race. <laughs> Stay with us. Back on the broadcast, this texture says, it's pretty crazy, literally, when one of the perks of working for a company, free abortions, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Nike CEO supporting a Republican candidate? I guess that was the last straw if they do take Oregon. <laughs> it was an interesting night indeed. Jeff, you and these puns. We ought to have a pun fest sometime. You supply the drinks. That sound like a good idea? <laughs> Let your listeners know about the Republicans' commitment to America. There's also a 10-point America First agenda, which Republicans are running on. That's in response to your listeners' question about what Republicans intend to do. Okay. Let's see. This is pretty interesting. Good morning. I have a new saying for broadcasters. You know how if it bleeds, it leads? If it's sex, it's next? 
Webster just certified, if it incites, it's right. That's clever. Incites, it's right. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to have a conversation, by the way, with a congressional candidate running in a district, a challenging district. I would love nothing more than to see turnover in that district. (laughs) We'll have that conversation coming up in just a few minutes right here. Also, if time permits, whether it's today, tomorrow, whenever it is, I want to play for you a clip from one of my favorite international leaders. This is a man who just has his finger on the pulse of what's going on politically worldwide. Now, in his country, he brought together a powerful political movement. And I hope he does it again. Because there's a real need for leadership right now, certainly in that country. But it's the same kind of thing that really needs to happen here. It's it's amazing to hear as he's writing his card description of what's happened to the political environment in the United Kingdom. But that is coming up in the next hour, if time permits. If not, as I mentioned, we will certainly get to that very soon because I really want you to hear that message. (laughs) I love this. Vince, you notice when a Republican candidate raises a lot of campaign money, the Democrats start screaming, they're trying to buy the election. If a Democrat raises a lot of money, they're simply trying to get their message out. And Republicans are trying to suppress the black vote, like they're doing so effectively in Georgia right now. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Hershey Walker. That's the best Republicans have to offer. They are clowns, much like you, Vince. Oh, my goodness. Pretty interesting stuff here. So, one of the things, I want to make sure I have time to share this with you. Yes, we do have time. It's the latest little difficulty for our dear president, Joe Biden. He gave a speech at a Restore Row rally held by the Democratic National Committee at the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. Biden, while trying to express his support for abortion rights and Roe versus Wade, said that he pushed hard for married couples in their bedroom. <laughs> the right that I pushed hard, if I've, and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, I'm thinking about the Dobbs decision, also mispronounced Obergfeld. That was the Supreme Court decision that required states to recognize and license same-sex marriages back in 2015. So I want you to hear, this is what he says at the very end, and you tell me what, what he's saying and why at the very end. Uh, listen up. Your support, I'll sign a law codifying Roe in January together. Let's remember who we are. We are the United States of America, and there's nothing beyond our capacity. So vote, vote, vote. 
God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. Apologizing for my back. My mother would be very angry. I was talking with people with my back to them. I apologize. So thank you all so very, very much. Huh? This doesn't make sense at all. He is allegedly apologizing for people talking with people to his back. This happens at every single campaign or public event. You always have people behind you. Now, several news agencies have speculated he's apologizing for all of his gaffes during that speech. I I really, this guy really concerns me. I'm serious. You know, as scary as Joe Biden is, just the idea of President Kamala. I'm just just saying, folks. Still to come, the conversation on race, and you'll hear from candidates running for Congress Stay with us. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on and abolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. <laughs> on the text line, this texture says, Joe Biden's message is so confusing. That our dog tilts her head every time he speaks. <laughs> Jeff, I'm not surprised at all. Here we are, our number two of our Wednesday broadcast. And we have a guest with us who is running for office. Uh, just a reminder to you that tomorrow is the start of early voting. I want to encourage you, go ahead and vote early. Go ahead and do it here in the state of North Carolina. I believe South Carolina starts next week. But go vote early and not only vote, but make sure that you talk to your friends, your neighbors, your relatives who are like-minded and urge them to vote no matter what the circumstance. Don't be fooled by polls or expecting somebody else is going to do this for you. Your vote is very important. You never know how close these races will be. And again, I remind you, I really appreciate the message that Rush Rush used to communicate all the time, which was this. Let's overwhelm them with numbers that are so great that they can't even cheat to win. So, with that in mind, we turn to our guest who is joining us now, running in a very challenging district, How do I know? Well, I've been there. I'm talking about North Carolina's 12th Congressional District, and the man who is running in that race now, his name is Tyler Lee. He joins us now on the broadcast. Good morning, Tyler. Good morning, Vince. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, man. I first want to start with the whys and wherefores of your candidacy. Uh, For those who are not familiar, this is a majority Democrat district. This is one of those uh, gerrymandered districts uh, with the idea of uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the Republicans get a certain number, Democrats get a certain number. But, uh, Tyler, you're running in this district uh, no matter what. 
You are running against an entrenched Democrat who's been there now for a couple of terms. Uh, so why are you running, Tyler? Well, I tell you what, Vince, uh, I, I was a businessman for 10 years, and I just got sick and tired of politicians destroying this country. And so I felt like last year God was calling me out of the business world to, to make a run at Congress. And uh, we've been really blessed. We've been doing this a year and a half, and we've gone through two maps now. But I tell you what, I want your audience to be optimistic. It's, it's exactly what you opened up with and said, don't focus on the polls, because we are out there talking to tens of thousands of voters every week. And unaffiliated Democrats and Republicans are going to show up for, for the Republicans this year. Now, I don't want people to think a red wave's coming and sit at home. You still have to do your part. But we are very, very optimistic. You know, this district was actually weakened for my opponent when they redrew the lines. And uh, with all the variables that we see in this country, with how the Democrats are just destroying our lives, uh, it's actually working out in our favor. So we are very, very optimistic um, and, and, and expect a victory come uh, November 8th. Well, Tyler, tell me what it is that you're having conversations about when you're talking to people in the 12th, uh, because as you might expect, with the majority Democrats, there's a measure of skepticism. What do you offer them to reassure them that you're really on their side and want what's best for them? Well, the 12th has been redrawn, so there's a lot of Republican voters and unaffiliated. There are more unaffiliated than either party. And so th- there's, a, there's a huge opportunity here for a swing vote. And so the three top issues that, that we're talking with the voters about, uh, they talk to us about inflation, right? They're paying more for gas. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. This summer you were paying $5 a gallon in gas. That's affecting the middle class. Their grocery bills, their heating bills. Uh, all of those everyday essentials have skyrocketed, and now they're having to go out and get two or three jobs, which pulls them away from raising their family and spending time at home or on vacation. And it's just, just a shame. You know, I spoke to a, a, a woman a few days ago, 62 years old. She cannot retire because her 401k is, is worthless now. And so it's just a shame. It breaks my heart to hear those stories. Secondly, crime is on the rise. You know, the Democrats, uh, they, they, they proclaim defund the police, including my opponent. And because of that, that has killed the morale of our police officers, and we are down a huge number of officers now. And because of that, it takes longer for, for police to respond to 911 calls. We have less police on the street, so that's becoming a problem. You know, people don't want to family member or their friend anyone killed in the streets or robbed at gunpoint, whatever it might be. And that's what we're seeing in the area. So that's number two. Lastly, parents are concerned with this evil indoctrination of their children in our schools, in our libraries, in our public parks. And that goes back to this drag queen story hour that we're seeing spread like cancer across our nation. You know, they're using drag queens to read sexually explicit content to our children in publicly funded places like parks, libraries, schools. And so a few weeks ago, we went to Ramir Bearden Park and protested Drag Queen Story Hour for all ages. And on day two, I'm excited to say that it was canceled. Their event staff told us it was canceled. So that was a success. So we just need people to stand up, be bold, because 90% of North Carolinians agree with this. You know, parents wouldn't take their kid to a strip club. So why would you think it's okay 
for someone who dresses up as a man or a woman in a park to read sexually explicit content to your children. It's, it's, it's a mental health crisis. <laughs> There's no question about that. We're talking with Tyler Lee. He's running for Congress in North Carolina's 12th district. One of the questions I think a lot of people have is, as, and you touched on the issues that are on the hearts and minds of so many people uh, across the country, not just here in the Carolinas and here is specifically in North Carolina. Um, and they want to know what Republicans are going to do differently. Uh, keep in mind, you've got a Democrat president. What can Republicans effectively do, even if they do win the House and the Senate? Yeah, just fight for the people. You know, politicians right now, and this happens on both sides, this is what I'm sick of, is, is they, they pad their pockets in D.C., and so they don't listen to their constituents. And what I have made a point of for the last year and a half is to listen to the people. You know, we don't care about the national talking points. If, if my constituents are asking me for something, that's what I'm going to fight for. And if every Republican would do that and listen to their people, it's like me being a businessman. When my customers wanted a certain flavor of frozen yogurt when I owned a sweet frog, right, I switched out our flavors on their behalf. We have to do the same thing in District 12. We have to listen to the people. I'm out there talking to the black community, the white, the Latinos, everyone. We are listening to everyone, listening to their concerns. And different issues affect different people because crime might be rampant in one part of the district, but not in the other. But inflation affects everyone. There are 250,000 registered voters in District 12 alone that disagree with the Biden economic agenda. That is a huge number. And that's why I want to encourage people, do not pay attention to polls. These people, when they mobilize and get out and vote, this seat is flippable for the first time in its history because it was redrawn. It was it was weakened. And the variables in this country, the Democrats are our best campaigners right now. Tyler Lee, uh, about 15 seconds left. How can people find out more about you? You can learn more about me at VoteTylerLee.com. I hope to earn your vote. Thank you all. God bless you. And I appreciate your time, Vince. Hey, thanks very much. Good to talk with you and best of luck. God bless you, man. Over on the text line, this guy in District 12 makes sense. He said something I wish more people in politics and talk radio communicate. It's not about national talking points. It's about his voters, their wants. Couldn't care less about your talking points getting regurgitated. Imagine if all politicians voted the way the constituents wanted. The country would be better off. Another person saying, nice breath of fresh air, Tyler. We also have the contrarians. Well, nothing new there. Same old rhetoric. All I hear is blah, blah, blah. All politicians say the same thing. No one has shown a consistency of changing a darn thing. Okay. All lip. Another person would like to know, how much did he pay you for that campaigning time? So silly. Vince, stop telling us to vote early. We are Republicans. We vote on election day only. You Jezebel. <laughs> too funny. Way too funny. 
You know, I really appreciate people like the person you're about ready to hear. I don't know much about him. As you know, I'm not a big sports fan. But I appreciate people in every single solitary discipline. Other people of color who I know have worked their asses off to get where they are. And I don't know what kind of challenges they faced along the way. But I especially love and appreciate when they put things into perspective and put media people in their place. I had this conversation with a friend of mine just the other day. And I was just explaining that, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis, in the Midwest, in the 70s. And, and I'm serious when I say this. I don't look in my life and see a whole lot of racial issues. I just don't. And it's interesting to me that the volume of racial complaints about discrimination and things of the sort, it's gotten louder over the years. I don't believe for a moment that racially our country is worse off now than it was the time I was growing up, and certainly not as bad as it was in my parents' generation. But you listen to some of these folks, and they would have you believe that. Things haven't changed. And they keep the same talking point. Oh, the country was built on slavery. The White House was built by slaves. This, I'm just tired of hearing it. I really am. Can we think and talk about something else other than race? Just because I'm black doesn't mean that that's my preoccupation. Enter Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles. This is from a few days ago. And there were a number of questions from the media ahead of the Buccaneers game against the Steelers. Instead of asking about football, one reporter pointed out the Steelers also have a black coach. Wasn't it wonderful? I want you to hear this exchange because I, I think it's, it's brilliant. And I, I would also say I love the tone of Todd Bowles. It's not even argumentative. It's not angry. It's not bitter. It's not contrary. It's just matter of fact. We're here to play ball. Here's Todd Bowles talking with me. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. <laughs> Slam! When you guys stop making a big deal out of this, everybody else will as well. 
Oh, my goodness. I like this guy. This is what we need. That's what I'd like to see more of. Instead of the constant complaining, belly aching, protesting. You know what? We're here to play ball. And if I were watching, that's what I'm watching for. To see some athleticism. I'm not there so much examining and seeing who's white and who's black, who's Hispanic, who's whatever. What are your thoughts on this? I am impressed. <laughs> Texter saying, you're black? Really funny from the upstate. We also have this that I want to touch on, and... This is not an I told you so. This is a uh, please, folks, manage your expectation thing. It really is. Because I, I warned about this a long time ago. I'm talking about the Steele investigation. Looking at the underpinnings of the Russia investigation. Now, I want to reiterate what I've said before. The whole thing was a scam. It was a waste of time. It was egregious, and yes, at the end of the day, would I love to see people in prison for it? Absolutely. But I don't think it's going to happen. I warned this some time ago. I just don't think we have a law enforcement system that is focused on justice. I think we have a profoundly politicized system. What am I talking about? A jury has found Russian national... Igor Danchenko, not guilty on four false statements, charges, declining to convict him for the allegations that the main source, a British ex-spy Christopher Steele, had lied to the FBI about his sourcing for the discredited anti-Trump dossier. The jury reached their decision. Less than two days of deliberations involved. Delivering John Durham another defeat in his long-running investigation of the Trump-Russia investigators, after the special counsel lost another false statements case against a Clinton campaign lawyer in May. Here is the allegation. According to Durham's November 2021 indictment, Danchenko anonymously sourced a fabricated claim about Trump 2016 campaign manager Paul Manafort to Charles Dolan a Clinton ally who spent years, including 2016, doing work for Russian businesses and the Russian government. The worst case was thrown out before the jury could even decide on it. This thing was doomed from the beginning. Just, this is reality, folks. Coming up, a commentary on a political party in the United Kingdom that well may be communicated about us. You'll want to hear this. Stay with us. Interesting mixed bag of opinions in response to the coach who's on talking about racial issues. 
Mr. Vince Hooray, finally someone said it. The press would stop making a big deal of things. So would everyone else. This includes everything. I agree with what the coach said, another one says. We also have this. Easy to dismiss race when the only reason you're where you are is because of affirmative action. Otherwise, you would never get that opportunity in this country. That includes you too, Vince Coakley. Ignorance is not a virtue. This is one of the reasons why we're where we are right now. Because people like you, like crabs in a barrel. Can we just celebrate black success, period? This is one of the reasons why I don't want these set-asides, things like that, so we don't have any question about why someone is there. And the fact that you would make this comment, it shows how bitter you are. Which is sad. I'm a black man from Detroit with a wife from North Carolina. Our life experiences are very different when it comes to racism. Because I didn't experience what she or others have doesn't mean it didn't happen. Black conservatives seem to forget that. Perhaps if you actually listen to them, you might be able to convert more black people to being conservatives. I agree with you. I listened to such a story some uh, about a week ago from a young man who had a very scary incident occur to him. Do I believe him? Yes. It's not a question of that for me. The problem comes when we take individual instances and circumstances and we project those to a whole group of people. For instance, I don't buy into the idea we have so-called systemic racism. I don't believe in that. I think that's a lie. And I think the sad thing is that is most destructive to us, not to white people. To us, it's self-destructive. And the longer we believe this and promote this, the longer we will hold ourselves back. That's my concern. Jeff says, Vince, it was nice seeing Tampa Bay coach Todd Bowles serving the media bowl of their own crap. Well-deserved. Way to go, coach. You gained a fan. I want to quickly get to something, and I think we have enough time to play this. I want you to hear a picture of reality from the United Kingdom, from none other than Nigel Farage, making a declaration about the Conservative Party. Because the Conservative Party, much like the Republican Party here in the United States of America, hasn't really racked up much in the way of victories so let's listen to nigel farage so 12 years we've had 12 years of tory misrule let's have a think about the economy shall we low growth productivity now so low it's estimated to be 20 percent below that of france i mean it almost beggars belief but then that's what you get when you have huge open door immigration to low skilled labor through their economic policy of quantitative easing, they've pushed up the price of assets, houses. So if you're rich and you own several houses, this has been really, really cool. If you're one of the many millions who wants to get on the housing ladder, well, I'm sorry, but having a house is no longer for you. 
A link to that, of course, is the cost of living crisis, the biggest single cost being energy. This is all a totally self-inflicted wound by a Conservative party who've completely turned their backs on the idea of us being energy independent. No, we build lots of windmills and we import electricity when the wind doesn't blow. It comes in from France, it comes in from Norway. Oh, and by the way, the Tories have also closed down our gas storage facility so that this winter we will have about two days reserve of gas and the lights may well go out in February. Immigration, legal immigration, well our population's increased by about 10 million since the year 2000, makes almost no difference whether it's the Blair era or whether it's Cameron, May or any of the others. It's tough to keep up with all the names isn't it, what before chancellors in four months. And across the channel, which I've been warning about repeatedly for the last two years, well, Border Force wrote to the Home Secretary at the weekend to say the reception centre at Manston is now full of, and I quote, violent criminals. Yes, hundreds of violent criminals are coming into this country every single week. Law and order, don't even get me started. Crime is now so bad that most people don't even bother to report crime, don't even bother to get in touch with the police. Our armed forces since 2010 slashed, and all of this from a government that says it is conservative. Well, there was a brief glimmer of hope that perhaps we'd try and reduce the size of the state, perhaps we'd try and get taxes down, uh, but it wasn't to be. No, I also had hoped that the IR35 rules might be changed because that is frankly a war on the self-employed. But no, now we have Jeremy Hunt. Oh, isn't that just great? Pro the Chinese Communist Party, pro the European Union, pro lockdown, pro mandatory vaccination. I mean, frankly, he may just as well be a Labour politician. This is a globalist coup. Now, if Labour were in power, their economic policies would be virtually identical. Some of the social stuff might be a little bit crazier, a little bit madder, but it would make no difference. I fail to see right now what the point of the Conservative Party is. I don't even know what function it serves. Um, and I'm saying this all of this to you as we drive along Whitehall past number 10 Downing Street. There we are. That's Downing Street there. I understand they put in a revolving door <laughs> uh, because Liz Truss won't last very long. But anyway, she's not running the country. Mr. Hunt and the globalists are. There is no point to this Conservative Party. It might have existed for 200 years. It now serves no purpose. It needs desperately to be replaced. Quite how we do that under a first-past-the-post system is something I'm going to turn my mind to. Be sure of one thing. The Conservative Party, as we've always known it, is now dead. Wow. Nigel Farage speaking about the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom. I think this is a cautionary message for the Republican Party because I think a lot of things that he communicated are true of America. We have Uniparty. What are your thoughts? Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.